wherever you are, please say amen. Amen. So with that said, I, I, I do want to jump into uh, a few things here today uh, that I would like to bring out. And I would like to talk about spiritual growth. Uh, and as we dive into spiritual growth, I think it's important that we first look at what are some things that can hinder our spiritual growth. So there are 10 things that can hinder our spiritual growth. I've actually covered this before um, a few months ago. I can't remember quite when, but I've talked about this before, but many people uh, were not able to come out at that particular time. And I wanted to go back over this. Uh, so for those of you that have this information, it's great material just to kind of recap and go over. Some of you may have mis misplaced it, and some of you are probably hearing it for the first time. But there are 10 things that can hinder your spiritual growth. And in order for us to get to where we would like to get to, we must understand what can hinder us from getting where we would like to get to. Because sometimes we focus on the end result and we focus on where we would like to go and we set these goals for ourselves and those are important. But rarely do we talk about what could possibly hinder us from getting to that result. You know, I, I, this is something that I think about a lot because I set a lot of goals for myself. And when I set a goal, I set short-term goals that I would like to achieve in order to get to the long-term goal. So if I'm trying to do something within a six-month period, I say, okay, what do I need to do each month in order to achieve what I would like to achieve at the end of six months. But what I also do, and what many of you should do, and I want you to take note to this, is what could be some possible hindrance for you not to be able to achieve what you would like to achieve? Because if you were to think about some of the things that could possibly hinder you, you would make sure you would put up safeguards and make sure you are properly prepared mentally uh, to hopefully uh, overcome those things or not even allow those things to be a challenge in order for you to have, in this case, what we're talking about, spiritual growth. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. So the first thing, and hopefully you see it there on whatever device or your TV uh, that you're watching here, but the first thing that can hinder your spiritual growth is dwelling on the past, dwelling on the past. For the Bible says in Philippians 3, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Because you cannot change anything from yesterday. You can't even change anything from five minutes ago. But too often we dwell on the things from our past that we can't even change anyway. So we cannot dwell on our past in order for us to have spiritual growth. The second thing, wasting time and energy on things over which I have no control. You know, I read a statistic and they said almost 90% of the things that we dwell on are out of our control. Think about that now. Almost 90% of the very things that you and I dwell on every day are out of our control. Only 10% or less are some of the things that are in our control. We cannot waste time and energy on things that are out of our control. The Bible says in Matthew 6, which of you by taking thought can add one cubic 
unto his stature. We should allow the God of all creation, the creation of heaven and earth, he has all things, all power in his hands to take control over the very things that we cannot control. The third thing, living in the trap of trying to please everyone. For the Bible says in Galatians 1.10, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For, I, for if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It is important that we don't try to please everyone. If there's anything I've learned over the years, even when I was in the, working in the corporate world and leadership, <laughs> it's impossible to please everyone. And um, when you're trying to please everyone, what happens is you really just end up disappointing everyone <laughs> uh, because it's impossible to please everyone. But the one that we should be trying to please is God Almighty. And I promise you, if you please him, you will grow in favor with God and also he will give you favor with man. Number four, feeling sorry for yourself. This will hinder your spiritual growth. For the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 and 14, Alexander the uh, coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. So this is important. We cannot feel sorry for ourselves. Number five is giving up after failure. For the Bible says in Micah 7 and 8, rejoice not against me, O my enemies. It says, when I fall. Notice it says, when I fall. Not if I fall, but when you fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto to me. So there are going to be times when we fall. There are going to be times when we have faults. But trust me, um, we cannot give up after failing. Verse number, or excuse me, number six, repeating the same mistake. Repeating the same mistake. And so now, um, it's important here where even the mistakes, we can use that same verse. Rejoice not against me, O my enemies, right? When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me, repeating the same mistake. Um, now, in 2 Peter 2, it says, but it is happened unto me, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the soul that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. It's important that we don't repeat the same things that we've always repeated. Number seven is the fear of change. The fear of change. Scripture verse says in Isaiah 43, Remember ye not the formal things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye know it. All right? So we cannot fear change. That is very important. Change is inevitable. All right? We should know that. If there's anything that's consistent and constant, it is change. Things are going to change, but we cannot fear change. Because if you do, it will hinder your spiritual growth. Oftentimes we look for God to do certain things in our life based on the things that he has done before. 
That's why the scripture says, remember ye not the formal things, neither consider the things of old, but behold, I will do a new thing. Sometimes God is trying to do new things in our life, but yet we're looking for that old path to be the same answer and the same way. Number eight, it says expecting immediate results. Expecting immediate results. For the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Expecting immediate result can hinder your spiritual growth. When people have a desire to grow spiritually, and they're expecting a result within a few hours or within a few days or even a few weeks, you're only kidding yourself, all right? You're only kidding yourself. The Bible says, old things pass away, behold, all things become new, all right? They become new. It's saying it is a process. That new creature, you are. Be it's a process. It's a step-by-step -step process. And when you think things are just going to happen suddenly, especially when it comes to your walk with God, your spiritual growth, that's when frustration can kick in, and that's when the enemy can attack your mind, giving you confusion and allowing you to be frustrated with your results. So do not expect immediate results. Number nine, living with the entitlement mentality. This can hinder your spiritual growth. For the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, for even when we were with you, this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. <laughs> so the scripture is letting you know, don't expect things just to happen for you just because of who you are, because of what your last name is, or because of what family you come from. No, if you don't work, you don't eat. If you don't put in the time, you're not going to get the results. Don't expect your spiritual life just to shoot through the roof. You're not praying. You're not reading. You're not fasting. You're not doing anything to allow your spirit to be fed, but yet you're expecting spiritual results. And then you expect it just to happen for you based on who you think you are or because you've been around for 20, 30, 40 years and you have entitlement. No, it doesn't work like that with God. Bible says our life is just a vapor. It appears for a minute and it vanishes away. Day is a thousand years, a thousand years or to a day in the, God, in the eyes of the Lord. So we are not entitled to anything. And 10, the last one that can hinder your spiritual growth is resentment or resenting. Resenting the success of others. The Bible says in Romans 12, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. So don't worry about it. If you're not receiving what you think you should receive and you see others receiving quicker than where you are. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing for you just like he knows what he's doing for me. And so if we can rest in that and know that God has never failed us, he'll never leave us, he'll never forsake us, but God is always going to do things and when he does it, he always does it on time. Now, on time in his eyes is different than on time in our eyes. So that's important to understand. When you see someone else receiving what you've been praying for, you just rejoice knowing that yours is on the way. So I pray that that was a blessing to you. Those are the ways, the 10 ways that can hinder your spiritual growth. So now that we've talked about how uh, your spiritual growth can be hindered. Now let's talk about the keys. There are four keys. 
okay, how to develop your spiritual growth. Now that we know and understand what can hinder us, now there are four keys on how you can develop it. And this is what I want to speak to about here today because there are four things and four ways that can increase or enhance your spiritual growth. First is your walk, your walk with God. These are the four, excuse me, this is one of the four things uh, that can help you when it comes to your spiritual growth. First, your walk. For the Bible says in Galatians 5, 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice the scripture says in Galatians 5, 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit. So it's letting us know that you have a choice whether or not to walk in the spirit. It is a choice a conscious choice that you have to make. You must choose to walk in the spirit. So the question now becomes, well, how does one walk in the spirit? Well, Colossians 3, verse number 2 answers that question. For the Bible says to set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Notice it says to set your affections, the affections or other words, things that I want. Set the things that you want on things above. And when you set your affections or the things that you want on things above, it will help you to walk in the spirit because now you are not focusing all of your attention on things on this earth because things on the earth or in the earth are carnal. They are not spirit. They are carnal things of this world, but things that are of above, they are of the spirit. So the Bible says in Luke 9, verse number 62, And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So it's important when you make a decision, a choice, a conscious decision to put your hand to the plow, as the scripture says, and move forward in Christ, don't look back for anything. That's why the scripture says, Remember Lot's wife. Why? Because she turned. She looked back. There was something that still had her affection. There was something that still had her attention. And that's why she turned back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. So don't allow your spiritual walk with God turn into a pillar of salt, but allow it to develop strong in the Lord. For the Bible says in Philippians concerning our walk, chapter number three, starting at verse number 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press or I pursue toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So it's important, my friend, to have a walk so that you are pursuing, you are pressing after the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And once you develop a walk with God, it will help you in your worship. That is the second thing, your worship. For the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse number one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And verse number two says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to this now. That ye may prove what is that good 
and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to focus here on that just for a second because a lot of people ask the question, how can we be sure that we are in the will of God? Well, Romans 12, 1 and 2 answers that. If you want to know how to be in the will of God, we must present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We must be holy, acceptable unto him. And be not conformed to this world, but, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. Why? That we may prove. What are we proving? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? It is the will of God for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. It is the will of God for our minds to be transformed. It is the will of God for us to prove ourselves unto him. It is interesting because the Bible use the, uses the words in verse number two, renewing of our mind. You know that word renewing is the same renewing that you find in Titus chapter three, verse number five, where it speaks of renewing in the Holy Ghost. So in order for our mind to be renewed, we must have a renewing or the infilling of the Holy Ghost. So that is the only way for your mind to be renewed. You cannot transform your, transform your mind by yourself. All right. I'm talking about a transformation of the mind. I'm not talking about a change of mind or a change of heart or a change of direction. No, you can come up with those type of decisions even with your own flesh. But I'm talking about a renewing of the mind, a transformation of the mind that comes only through the Holy Ghost. And so that's why you find that in Titus chapter three, verse number five. Once your walk is where it needs to be. Once your worship is where it needs to be, then you can focus on the third principle, which is your warfare. The third thing is war. I want you to understand here that Hebrews 2 and 10 says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory, listen, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. What I'm simply saying is today is, is that you are in a war. Yes, you are, but you're not in a war by yourself. Matter of fact, you have a captain, and that captain is Jesus Christ. He is our captain. We don't fight this fight alone, so don't fight this war alone. But God is with you, and he is your captain. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, verse number 4, No man that warth entangled himself with the affairs of this life. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So understanding that you are at a war, don't get caught up in the things of this world. Don't get caught up with the affairs of this world and in your life because when you get entangled with that stuff it's going to cause you to lose focus with the real war that is at hand we are in a spiritual war that's why we say we don't wrestle against flesh and blood no but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places rulers of darkness because we are in a fight a spiritual fight so don't allow your flesh to get caught up in other flesh and fighting things that you shouldn't be fighting anyway because it's going to hinder your spiritual growth in God. And trust me, 
The enemy will use anybody and anything to try to entangle you to get you off track of the true fight, which is in the spirit. For the Bible says in Mark chapter 16 in this war that, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So we are in a war that once we have the power of the Holy Ghost dwelling on the inside of us, we have power. And it comes to them that believe. And so once you have your worship, excuse me, your walk, your worship, your warfare, now it enhances or it helps the fourth and last key element to your spiritual growth, and that is your witness. Right For 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our heart. I want to read that scripture again. I want you to really take note on this just in case you don't have your Bibles in front of you. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4 says, but as we were allowed of God to be in trust with the gospel. So God allowed us and he has trusted us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has placed it in our hands. He has allowed us to be partakers of this great gospel of Jesus Christ. And he has entrusted us to go share the good news of Jesus Christ. So we are trusted by the Lord himself to go out and tell somebody about what he has done for you and I. For the Bible says, for we cannot but speak the things, in Acts chapter 4, verse number 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We don't have to make up anything, but we can talk about the goodness of the Lord. You know, many people ask me, Brother Robinson, I don't know how to be a witness. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I'm not quite sure how to handle how to be a witness. Just tell your testimony. Just tell about what God has done for you. That's the greatest witness, the greatest thing you can ever share with anybody is your testimony, is what God has done for you. You don't have to memorize all the scripture. You don't have to claim to know all the scripture. And I'm not telling you not to. No, you should read your word. You should memorize scripture. What I'm saying is, is that if you're not at that place yet, just simply share your testimony. For the scripture says it, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What do you think that is? That's testimony. <laughs> what they have heard. They've heard scripture. They have heard the, the very thing that God or Jesus Christ himself has shared with them here on earth. That's all we can talk about. So even if you can just tell somebody, I once was blind, but now I see. I once did this and I did that. I once used to hang out in this, these places. I once used to talk like this, act like this, gamble like this. But now look what the Lord has done. That's why the scripture says we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Just think about that. Think about what the Lord has done for you. And you mean to tell me you're going to hide it in the earth? You know, that's what the, the person with the talents did. He took his talent. He took his witness. He took his testimony and he hid it in the earth. We have a responsibility to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people. What greater news than your life? than what God has done for you. I know what God has done for you, for me. There's many people that know me, some of my family members, close friends, that knew who I, how I used to be. 
the places I used to go, the way I used to talk, the ways I used to act. But boy, the things I do now are not even close, remotely close to the things I used to do. The way I talk now is not even remotely close the way I used to talk and the way I used to act. Not even the way I think. Why? Because my mind has been, re been renewed. How? Through the Holy Ghost. It's because I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, have my sins washed away. I've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now I have a new life. I have a new mind. I have a new walk. My testimony is unto the Lord. It is important because the key to spiritual growth is found in these four areas. You must have all four areas in full working capacity to prosper in the spirit. For the Bible says in 3 John 1, in verse number 2, Beloved, I wished above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. It takes your walk, your worship, Warfare and witness. Your walk, worship, warfare, and witness. These are all four keys in your spiritual growth. So as you pray today and as you go throughout your, your day, uh, whether it be today, the rest of this week, as you think about where is my walk in God? How is my warfare? What am I fighting against? What am I complaining about? How is my worship? What am I taking time to think about? What am I taking the time to speak about? Do I take time throughout my day to make sure I give God praise and give him glory? How is my witness? Who am I talking to? And when I talk to them, what am I talking about? Because I'm challenging every believer today and everyone that is listening, everyone that is watching, to pray a prayer. God, help me in my spiritual walk. Help me, Lord, in my spiritual worship. Help me, Lord, in my spiritual warfare. And help me, God, that I may be a greater witness for you. Because I promise you, if you would ask God to help you in these four key areas, Watch what God begins to do with you. Watch what God begins to do through you. And this is how you develop your spiritual man, that spiritual being on the inside of you. Because yes, there's going to be things that hinder. We cover those things. But God wants to take you, exactly who you are, where you are, and allow you to grow and prosper even as your soul prospers. And my ask today is that you take a little bit of time and begin to think on the things of your walk. Is my walk right? Is my worship right? Is my warfare right? Is my witness right? Because they all affect one another. There's no way your worship can be right if your walk is not right. There's no way you can be in true spiritual warfare and fight the real battle, the true battle, if your walk and your worship is not right. And if all those three things are affected, there's no way you're being a true witness. But if you would ask God to help you and guide you and direct you and give growth and have growth in these areas, watch what the Lord does for you. So today, my ask is that you pray tonight for God to help you because we are in a warfare. And I'm truly believing that we are about to see the greatest revival, the greatest harvest that this world has ever seen. I truly believe that. 
and it's going to take each and every individual, every believer, to be a part of it. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part. I want to be right in the middle of what God is doing in this last day. And I truly believe he's going to bring back every backslider. He's going to bring back every individual that's been seeking God because he's been dealing with people's hearts. The Bible scripture comes to mind, Isaiah 43, verse number six. It says, I will say to the north, give up. And I say to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Revival and harvest is coming to Lafayette. Is it coming to CMT? I say, yes, it is. But it's going to take people like you and I that believe and that trust in God. And whoever you are out there watching and listening, it can come to where you are. Harvest, revival can start right into your home. It can start right in your neighborhood. Don't allow this pandemic to stop you from being a witness. Don't allow this pandemic to stop you from opening your mouth, telling somebody about the greatness and the goodness of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for what we've heard. We thank you, Lord, for the very thing that you have done, even on this day. I pray, God, that you may move in every home, move upon every individual. Help us, oh God, that we may remove all the hindrances that allow us and try to stop us from having spiritual growth. But I pray, God, that we may focus on the things that we need to focus on to allow our spiritual being, our spiritual self, the Holy One that lives on the inside of us, oh God, that we don't quench it, but that we may strengthen it, that we may continue to go higher and dig deeper in you. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise because we know that you alone are worthy of it. In Jesus' name, right where you are, somebody say amen. May God bless you today. I look forward to seeing you this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, 10 and 12. I thank you in advance, all those that are coming out Saturday to help with the food pantry. May God bless you. I look forward to seeing you all in Jesus' name.